Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The year is with Red and Bobby. Welcome to The Year Is, a new comedy podcast where every episode, me, comedian Bobby Mayer. And me, comedian and acclaimed historian Red Richardson. Red, you're not an acclaimed historian. I, I have a degree in history. Yeah, You have a 2-2 in history from it's, the 72nd best university in the country. It's still a, deg- a degree, so... Anyways, on this podcast, we travel back in time to a year in history and talk about the most interesting and weird things from that year. Very good. So how have you been, Bobby, just before we dive in? Because this year we are going to, this episode, sorry, we're going to 1892, which I've done a lot of research for. Uh, I'm not sure you have. I did do a lot of research. Yeah? Well, you were out a lot. I wasn't out. Red, we've had, okay. So this is this is definitely white people problems, but for the last three weeks, we've had people redoing our bathroom in the house which means every day three old men Mm -hmm. show up at our door at 8 a.m do they make you feel useless they not only make me feel useless when i go back to bed (laughs) that's the worst thing you go back to sleep full of shame yeah yeah yeah, so you let them in they demand coffee right away you open the door and they say can i have a coffee and you're like you're holding a coffee. The man is holding a full coffee and asks for another coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm making coffee at 8 in the morning. I make them their coffees. I, I go lay in bed for a while, and then I'm just up. But your bathroom's right by your bedroom, so aren't they just banging on the thing when you're... I can sleep through anything. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Seriously, I well, can sleep... That's good because you're having a baby. I don't, I'm, that's not good because I'm having a baby <laughs> because I could definitely sleep through my baby. I could sleep. I'm trying to think of the craziest places I've slept. I used to do a show every day at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I would fall asleep in the back of the showroom while the show was happening for about 20 minutes and then wake up and go on stage. As it wasn't a solo show. No, no, it was a compilation <laughs> yeah, show. Okay, no, that's I'm right. falling asleep during my own show. Right? Who would wake you up? I would just kind of, I'd hear Bobby Mayer and I'd No go, way. I, no, I'd kind of just, you know, someone would shake me awake and I'd just get up and go Why on. were you so tired? I just like to sleep. Yeah. The best thing about sleeping is your mind stops yeah, yeah. going. Well, it goes other places. Yeah. It's bad when you're having a good dream and someone wakes you up and you're like, I was just, you know. Yeah, I did. Hanging out with Michael Jordan in a Weatherspoon. Did I tell you about reason. my Elon Musk dream? No. Okay, no one ever wants to hear about dreams. No, because they're usually boring, yeah. They are boring, but I had a dream where Elon Musk told me he'd pay off my mortgage, but then I couldn't find my bank details. <laughs> That's exactly And it was so frustrating. It felt so real. And yeah. then he just gave me like two 10,000 pound notes and I put them in my pocket. And then I woke up from the dream and reached into my pocket to see if they were there. And then two sadly- Two 10,000 pound notes. I don't know if it's a real currency. It's not, it, no. Well, we, you don't, how would you know? Because what, I've, what, what, I've, I've seen the money times before. in your life when someone's given you 10,000 pounds red, they, they haven't given you a note. You have no proof there is no 10,000 pound note. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's out there. You can see what the currencies are. And what have the, you, okay, what's the highest denomination then? It's a 50 pound note, isn't it? 50 pound note. I'll look it up. Okay, go ahead. I'm pretty sure it's a 50 pound note. A 10,000 pound note. Imagine if you wanted a pack of crisps. <laughs> All well, I have is this. And no one even takes notes anymore anyway. You're about anyway. to feel very stupid. The Bank of England <laughs> released a hundred million pound note, also referred to as Titan. Who's that for, though? It's for people who are worth a hundred million pounds. So big, <laughs> high rollers like me and Elon, we throw 10,000 pound notes around all the time. Imagine if you lost your 100 million pound note. Also, what are you buying with 100 million? I don't think it's an actual physical note. Of course note. it's I not. I think it's a... It's, a just, it's a, like a stunt. Yes. Yeah. But I suppose... Okay, well, 
I have been uh, proven wrong. Yeah, how does it feel to be wrong? It's a new feeling. It's not a new feeling. You are <laughs> wrong all the time. I don't know how it feels yet. I need to reassess because I'm not used to this. So what else have you been doing apart from uh, being cucked by builders? I haven't been cucked, Brent. <laughs> they just, they're there mm-hmm. all the time and they just watch you live you just feel so judged because yeah, yeah, yeah. they arrive at 8 a.m i don't want to get dressed at 8 a.m no, but they're dressed no. they live an hour and a half away they woke up at five in the morning to come here for eight and fix my house because i don't have any of those skills i've had it so much and you wake up and you're still like Ugh, and they're like ask you questions like where's the generator it's like how fuck should i know oh yeah he was like where's the tap that shuts off the hot water i was like i have no idea it's why would in I... the bath that's where it <laughs> yeah, is yeah, it's got yeah. a red dot that says hot on it yeah that's the... i don't know how my house works no no <laughs> i know you do sort of feel quite useless i just felt inept and then yeah you get dressed around one and they're just like halfway through their day yeah and you checked your email and feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh, God. Like, I always do a thing where I stand around and nod as if I kind of know what's going on. And the one guy who was the, the, the main, there was like the main builder and then the guy helping him. The guy helping him, I thought was younger than me because he looked pretty young. He was a big guy, big, strong guy doing great work. He fixed the floor in here, actually. How's mm-hmm. it look? Looks great. Thank you. And... I said, oh, how old are you? He said, I'm 53 years old. I Jeez. thought he was 29. Really? Yeah. Well, he, and that's weird. You think because builders usually live quite a rough lifestyle. Now, this guy. So now I felt old. Weak. Looking. Weak. Lazy. Lazy. Useless. Anymore? <laughs> Pathetic. Yes. Emasculated. Yes. Uh, unfit husband. Uh <laughs> I think like, I'm done. <laughs> it would have been fair. They're not quite done, but they're pretty much done their work here. And it would have been fair if at the end they just said, Harriet, are you coming with us? And yeah. she just left with them. I think my we baby, will my baby raise is this so... baby. Yeah. We're going to raise this baby. You stay here and lay on the couch. Because yeah. that's what you like to do, Bobby. We've seen what you get up to. You lay on the couch where, when you, while your wife wakes up and makes us coffee oh so you don't make them coffee. i do make the coffee sometimes but harriet often makes more of the yeah she's so an early pre- riser your pregnant wife makes some coffee she's pregnant she's not red pregnant people don't want to be discriminated against they can make coffees yeah okay no that's fair enough well that seems like Is a... how i pitched it to her <laughs> yeah, 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 so please yeah. go and make them a coffee so i could go back to sleep <laughs> oh it's just you just and, like, I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. What's the most physical thing you can do? I've seen you chop wood. I can chop wood? Where do you see me chop wood? Wait, no, I dreamed it. That was a okay, dream. Okay, yeah. Well, I can chop wood. Um, I can pick stuff. I've moved your fucking furniture around because every time I come around here, you make me renovate your house for you. It's not that I make you renovate. I just have things I need moved, and I can't ask my pregnant wife. She's busy making coffee. So I say, well, when Red comes over next, he'll help me with it because he's my best friend. <laughs> and then you come over and you act like it's like I've I've pinched one of your nipples until it bled. <laughs> when I ask you to help me lift a couch, <laughs> you'd rather I just hoisted the couch on the back of my pregnant wife. <laughs> well, if you lived in the Have Himalayas. Have we told the story of you carrying the pillows yet? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, we were sort of about. Yeah, well, let's just reiterate that when I moved, you carried two pillows while we were carrying yeah. very heavy things but i think if you lived in the himalayas or something you and harriet would be dragging an ox around or something you know what <laughs> there'd be look in the west we're very soft and we uh... you are very soft you're not <laughs> yourself don't say the collective we to excuse your own laziness i think you and harriet need a bit more himalayan spirit uh, a bit more grit well today as we've said we're talking about 1892 yeah it was a year of innovations. I think we should just start by the, the most interesting innovation that year because there's quite a few of them. Okay. The first one kind of ties into what we're talking about in our own laziness. Yeah. And that is the invention of the escalator. Okay. It was invented by Jesse W. Reno and he patented the first escalator at Coney Beach. That is a, a genius idea. 
because they are very helpful. The funny thing about that idea is the fact that he invented that is that it's the laziest idea, but it's so innovative. You know what I mean? So he's obviously a very lazy, but intelligent, hardworking on the other side of it, man. Like one day he's walking up some stairs, just going, I fucking hate this. What if someone could literally just slide me to the top? And then he went about making, if, if, if you don't get it done yourself, no one else will. When the escalator was first invented, can you imagine the older people going, this is the fucking most indulgent, laziest thing I've ever heard of? Oh, yeah. Anyone over kind of 25 would be like, I'm not getting on one of those things. Because they'd all been like horseback and stuff like that. And then suddenly it's like the new generation, whatever they were called. Just like, yeah, we just stand and it takes us to the top. So you think in like 60 years, it'd be like, oh, grandkids it's like it's an effort using a knife and fork so we have this new machine where it just slides food into your mouth but what's so annoying about the escalator Mm. invented 1892 that is a hundred (laughs) and thirty years ago Mm. yeah almost yeah give or take still what do we have in our house stairs yeah that's true we have stairs that's true you go to the tube you have to walk down a flight of stairs sometimes yeah to get yeah, onto yeah. a train there's stairs yeah, yeah yeah it's like if the car was invented and then 130 years later we're still like yeah let's ride a horse i find it uh weird when you're on an escalator and you see people running up it because you just gotta enjoy what it's there for you mean when they're running in the same direction as the escalator no when they literally run up the side of the escalator and you're like, why? It's, it's an escalator. Lean on the handrail and let it do the heavy work. Enjoy what it's there for. You ever see those people? It's always like late at night and they're always drunk. And it's mm. always the tube escalators. Yeah. And they're always trying to run up yeah, the escalator yeah. the wrong way. Yeah, so the, the escalator's side, going yeah. down and they try to run up it. <laughs> and I love watching it when they fall and hit their face on the metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always good. So I get way more satisfaction than they would get from finishing their <laughs> yeah, run. Yeah. I'm like, this is my running up an escalator watching you hit your face on metal. Have you ever caught uh, eye contact with someone who's going down and you're going up and you just sort of stare at each other for a while and it's like, you're fine, you know? Because there's a protective barrier in the fact that you're both going different directions. I always find no one likes eye contact as much as I do. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. You always look away. Yeah, because it's uh, it gets intense after a bit. But if you just keep the connection going, who knows where it'll end up? <laughs> I don't want to know where it'll end up. <laughs> <laughs> Oily massages. <laughs> parts of your body we didn't know could have oil on them that i'll find oh my god i usually stand just on the escalator like you're talking about but sometimes you know how like obviously you stand you you stand on the right and you Mm. walk down on the left if people are standing on the left then to shame them Mm -hmm. i will walk down and say excuse me yeah that's that's good i want them to know That's the one thing. In Canada, that's not really a thing. I mean, there's no, here you have official escalator etiquette. That's not, Mm. in North America, it's less stated. Like, a lot of people would stand on the left side of an escalator in North America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, very clear. This is how it works. I don't know if somebody sat down and made a rule book, Mm. but it is, like, in stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows. And I like that. I like the officiousness of your country. No, it's good. I never got the floor escalator, you know, when it just, it's a floor that moves. You get them at some stations. They got them at Waterloo. And you go, what's what's the point in this? Oh, it's great, though. At an airport, when you have your bags. Does it matter? Does it help? Red. How can you like an escalator that's, that stops you from having walking downstairs is easier than walking across floor? Yeah, but you can lean and look down as you go down. It's quite nice. Quite you relaxing. can lean on the flat escalator. Yeah, but they're also. just really slow. And I just sort of never thought there was much point to them. I guarantee you don't walk faster than a flat escalator. I don't walk really fast. Do you? Yeah, you see me walk. <laughs> Maybe I thought you were running. Like, like yeah. <laughs> mm. No, I think if there was some form of walking championships, I'd do quite well. I could walk faster than you, I bet. You think you can walk faster than me? Yeah. Are there any other sports you think you're better than me at? 
Yes, loads. Football, probably uh, not tennis because you played that. Probably better than you at snooker. Probably better than you at darts. I'm probably better at you than... No, snooker I could beat you at. I don't think so. Um, darts? Yeah, I don't think you're better than me at darts. Um, I've never even really played darts. I just imagine... <laughs> <what I'm making. laughs> You've never played darts. I don't you? see you being able to connect your mind to your hand movement, you know? I think your brain sends signals and they just go somewhere out there, you know? What sports are you good at? Hockey. <laughs> I'm not good at hockey. Net, at, netball. <laughs> I love golf and you know that about You're, me. Oh, yeah, you do play golf. That's not really a sport though, is it? No, it's a leisure activity. Yes, for rich men. It's not for rich men. It's for anyone. <laughs> we get £10,000 notes. Yes. I don't really play much sport anymore. We can tell. <laughs> We know, Red. Nobody's looking at you and thinking, wow, I wonder what athletic game this man just came from. Oh, it looks like he just climbed a mountain without a harness. Well, this is interesting you're uh, saying this, uh, because when I did my research, I discovered that in 1892, James Naismith uh, published the rules for basketball for the first time. And it was uh, in an article for the Springfield YMCA International Training School. And it's uh, it was called A New Game. And it was the first ever ever game of basketball. The first, first rules ever created. Which I have always had a problem with basketball. Because I'm five foot eight. And I feel like James Naismith wasn't designing a sport. He was designing a form of torture for short people. And he was a sadist. You could play it with just other short people. Like in, we you know, don't. We feel too. It's too triggering. We don't want anyone to go near it. You know those. You know those. Those teams of like professional dwarf basketball players that kind of travel around. I'm not sure you're calling that now, but yeah, carry on, Bobby. That is the word they use. Okay, to describe themselves. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go on, carry on. Sorry. What you want me to join a dwarf basketball team? I'm just saying the only. I'm way, five eight. Exactly. The only way in your life for you. To feel mm-hmm. like you have athletic prowess is to be surrounded by people you're a foot taller than. <laughs> I quite like that, actually. No, it's. Uh, I reckon. I reckon he invented this game because his girlfriend got stolen by a hot short guy, which happens a lot. Um, <laughs> the ladies love anything under six foot. Is what well, you're like six two. I'm around six feet. Yeah, you're two inches over acceptable. Um, under six foot in the Western world has long been uh, a desirable height for women, especially in 1892. Uh, you were seen as uh, very, very uh, eligible. Have you ever been to a country where you're tall? Mm. Like, like you know, it, like an Asian feel country. T- I went to Malaysia. Did you feel tall? Not really. It's no. just like... Because, yeah, I didn't... Maybe you'd have to be amongst, like, a pygmy tribe or something. <laughs> you have to go find one and then become... I actually watched a, a documentary on the pygmy tribes, and I, I would say similar body shape. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would like to go out there and become, like, their Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that, but it's... Uh, I remember going to a girl's uh, birthday party, and she was four years old, and I was, like, eight, and I'd been playing football for ages... And they had a football match for the birthday party in this little leisure center. So you were eight years old they playing four. against four-year-olds. And I was like really into football. And I just, I dominated the game. <laughs> and the referee ended up saying, you can't play anymore because I was just smashing in goals. It was incredible. Yeah, but you were playing against four-year-olds. Yeah, I know. Their brains are, ba- they literally just learned how to run. Like within a year, <laughs> within a year of playing the game, they learned the art of running. They learned a big lesson that day as well. About, yeah, about Red Red. Richardson <laughs> is a loser was the lesson they learned that day. And I'm sure now in their late 20s, they think, remember that loser? Who <laughs> just tried really hard. <laughs> Did you ever play basketball? You're the right height. No, I mean, never, never like in a game, you know, no. you play amongst friends. I can't jump, really. No. I'm not strong. I'm not coordinated. Yeah. I just, it's always, I always just dislike it because you always see it in films and like two cops will play together on a one-on-one and there's always a cheesy scene like that. There just seems to be a sort of crap element of it that I can, I don't like the, the outfits and stuff. 
I like that it's a sport that has risen a lot of people like out of poverty because all you need is a ball. Like I like the aspirational element of basketball and concrete, so you don't need a special. Exactly. So that 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 mm. is quite cool because a lot of sports are so elitist, like golf or cricket. What about all race the... car driving? Even like you need a race car. What about all the short poor people? Well, they can play amongst themselves. They should have. A... <laughs> I've always said. They should have a basketball league for people under six foot. Because you got to think, there's basketball players who are 5'11". Yeah. Who are as good as Michael Jordan. There's probably someone out there who's as technically good at basketball as Michael Jordan or LeBron or Kobe. But they're 5'11", so they don't, they can't physically dominate the game. That's why it's an elitist sport that I don't like. Because with other sports, it doesn't matter. Every sport. Mike Tyson was 5'10". You know, knocking out six foot eight guys in like you see like Shaquille O'Neal and he's like seven. You're like, that's not, you know, you're just really big, aren't you? But I don't think Tyson could have get got near Tyson Fury. Mm, he probably could hit the body, work the gut. You never know when he was in his prime. Who knows? You think 20 year old Mike Tyson mm. could take what is it? How old is Tyson Fury? 32? 32, six foot nine. Do you think do you think that match up? Now you never know, you never know. But you know, he, he, what I'm, the point I'm making is that he, you can, you can use certain skills to eliminate physical advantages, which you can't do in basketball, and that's why it's a shit sport that should be banned because it's unfair <laughs> until. But you know, how many amount of times I'd be in PE and I'd have the ball just thrown over my head, and they just do it all game and laugh, and I'd be there jumping, going yeah, yeah like a little twat. That makes sense, though. Mm. It's weird because, you know, Kim Jong-un loves basketball. And he's about five foot one. Yeah, I mean, you, again, that's your body type. You <laughs> and Kim shut. Jong-un. You could be one of, you know, sometimes they send out. This is called The Year Is, not Fat Shame Red podcast. I'm not fat shaming. I'm just com- talking about the people that have the same body as you. Well, Kim Jong-un does not have the same body as me. Red, if, if we put He's dying. <laughs> no, but that's a rumor. <laughs> I've started rumors that you're dying. Why would you do well, that? Well, if people just say, is Red okay? I'm like, actually, that's sorry weird. if he was a bit aggressive, but he's dying. And then people like you more. I'm just trying to make people that's like you. That's strange because no one's been any nicer to me. So I don't know what that says. They didn't care. They either don't believe you or they hate me. It's one of the two. Or both. Or they're just indifferent. They're like, oh, is he? Okay. <laughs> and you know, Kim Jong-un went to school in Switzerland. Did he? Yeah, for a bit as a kid. Imagine being in Kim Jong-un's class. I bet he was just quiet and annoying. They said he displayed attributes to be a leader. You know, like, what was he doing? Just fucking throwing shit at people. <laughs> Kicking people in the shins. <laughs> Everyone hated him. Is basketball big in Canada? Well, I mean, there's the Toronto Raptors, and there's other. Mm. I think the Grizzlies are in Vancouver. I think it's weird how like people have, back then they'd invent a skill that would make, or invent a game that would somehow catch on and then make people billionaires in our era. The thing about James Naismith is he invented a game that he wasn't even great at. Why? I don't know what, what he did. Like. He was a middle-aged man when he invented basketball. Oh, really? What I'm saying is, if I'm going to invent a sport, I'm going to figure out what am I the best at. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then invent a game where I'm the best player. No, of course. You know, like, I would invent a game and try to popularize, like, the Sleep Olympics. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you sleep anywhere? Anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, and then it's just me. A hundred thousand people filling out stadiums every year. They're like... Go to sleep! And then I just... There's Netflix documentaries made about you, colleagues being like, he was just, he was next level. I thought I could sleep until I met Bobby. We surround him by 20 crying babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he went to sleep without a problem. (laughs) The babies really needed help, so it wasn't actually a tragedy in the long run. Uh, Yeah, those babies, they were very hungry, and he didn't feed them because he went to sleep, but... He's a world champion. Yeah. (laughs) You'd go to, like, extreme places and sleep. No, it's a weird, like, I've got special skills that no one cares about, and if 120 years ago someone made a popular sport about them, I could be very rich now. Like, I can uh, turn on a bath, go into another room, and come back at exactly the same point every time. So really? It's, yeah, exactly the same. And no one gives a shit about it. But that takes probably the same mental and... 
not physical, but mental strength it took Jordan to be that good at basketball. But somehow every week you're late for this podcast. I, I do a lot of research and I have a very busy life. I'm doing, I've got a lot of other projects going on. Um, <laughs> Red, you have nothing. I'm writing a novel, which is taking up a lot of my time. What's your novel about, then? Um, it's about a divorcee French man who travels to Thailand in order to uh, try and reclaim his youth. That's the nicest spin I've ever heard on pedophilia. <laughs> That's great, Red. I, I literally made that up on the spot, and then it instantly sounds like a, <laughs> a nonce book. <laughs> What a great that's the that's the world that tw- that's the novel 2021 needs yeah. red with all the with all with all the social change that's happening red richard is writing a book where he sympathizes with a pedophile that goes to thailand yeah he's a traveling man of mystery but man he's of- the criminal it's, it's, it's a flip on james bond oh, I see. He's, he's out of shape he's disgusting he's not charming and he's the bad guy okay <laughs> I'd read that. No, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't write it either. <laughs> <laughs> You're arguing with yourself I, now. I am, I am, I am. I, just, I had to think on my feet and that's just what came out. <laughs> that's why I'm glad I'm not a politician. Uh, What's it, your plan for the country? Uh, I'm going to tie... Um, <laughs> you got anything else, Bobby? What you, what you, what's your uh, limited research brought up this week? Well, t- it wasn't limited. It was focused. Okay. 1892 was a very sad year for criminals um, because the world's first fingerprinting bureau was opened by the Buenos Aires chief of police. So that's the first time people could be caught doing finger like with fingerprint technology. Yeah. That would be so crap to be the first guy. And you wouldn't even know, probably, you know. They go, oh, we caught you robbing the house. And you go, how? Because the lines on your hands match the lines on, you know. Who would have, at at that time, if you're a common thief, would you go, I wonder if this is different to anyone else's, you know. Your palms. You would never. No, you'd be gutted. Good year for glove companies, though. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like the glove industry. They really won. Uh, Is it cold outside? Want to strangle your brother? Wear yeah. a set of gloves. Because <laughs> you'll definitely get away with it. <laughs> hey, has has your neighbor really been bothering you? <laughs> and you want to bash their head in with a hammer? <laughs> but you're worried about those new pesky fingerprints that everybody <laughs> keeps going on about? Well, try our new latex gloves. <laughs> you can put them on, put the hammer in your hand, bash his skull in, take off the glove... And no one will see that it was you. <laughs> yeah, that, that I would say the invention of fingerprints, that is the, what has helped the most, is the glove industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, uh, probably, it's probably a horror. I would hate to think of the percentage of gloves that are sold to stop people knowing you were somewhere, you know? <laughs> it's probably quite a few. Uh, the thieves, I think, got, that's a tough run because you just, you're just nicking a few things, aren't you? And then you, you just think, I oh, just open the door and take a few and then suddenly someone's dusting a thing off and they go this is your hand yeah actually the guy who the first guy who was convicted on dna evidence just got out of prison and they and they put him back in prison oh really yeah he was a like a horrible he had mm. murdered a couple mm. people it was horrible they've case. done that a lot with like that golden state killer guy and stuff but this case was interesting i think it was a town near leicester and they dna tested the whole town really it was when DNA first came out, and everyone was like, hey, do you want to get your DNA checked? Ah, and they're like, yeah, why not? I'll go check it out. Would you, would you give your DNA to the government? They've already got it. Why? I don't know, NHS, you know? They all have it. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's Matt, everywhere? Matt Hancock's You're just coming and bleeding wherever you go? My DNA is everywhere. It's all over the place. I'm pissing, coming, bleeding. You can find me. You never hear about DNA tests from urine. Can you tell? Yeah, I don't know. In dramas, I was trying to get someone's hair, like pull a bit of hair out of a kid's head to see if he's the same, you know. But it's, it's insane. Like that Golden State Killer, they like narrowed the DNA down to a family that went back, a family tree from like 300 years and like slowly worked out who it was. It's 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 not easy to be a criminal these days. It's so hard because you just and also everything's on camera. So I was thinking, imagine trying to be in the mafia now, and it's like just 
fucking everyone's TikToking while you're trying to shoot a rival in the street. You know, you just like everyone's got a phone out. There must be a thing where the mafia is trying to get an online crime, and then the hackers are like, "We don't really need you for this." You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, some guy yeah, yeah. who used to beat up people who worked in his nightclub, <laughs> yeah, or like yeah. that he'd shake down for money. The hackers like, "We can just hack." We don't need you at all. I can do this from my mum's basement, and I don't have to meet people who used to tie stuff around my neck on the school bus. Like when COVID happened, I googled how do you make a vaccine. Like I was going to crack it. <laughs> Did you do that? No. I, I thought maybe. How do you make it? What? Because the answer would be there on Google and the government just had not thought of that I yet. thought maybe I have some hidden knowledge. Maybe what? I have something inside of me that I just didn't know was there. What, and I'm gonna a 15 year old on Reddit might have the answer. I'm going to start reading about how to make vaccines and I'm going to think, oh, what if we just put this thing and this thing together and then I could have cracked it? Where did you think you were going to find this? I don't know. The internet's got a lot of information. Or in YouTube comments. <laughs> Someone's like, you look disgusting in this video, you slag. Oh, by the way, here's a vaccine cure. <laughs> but then I read all these stories when crypto was blowing up. I read all these stories about cr- teenagers hacking into people's crypto accounts and stealing yeah. all their money. And then I thought, I wonder how hard that is. So I Googled, like, how to hack crypto. Also very difficult. I'm sure. Yeah, I keep really thinking, like, I can just, in a day, learn something that took people 20 years to learn. I think if you have to Google it, you usually can't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, especially with something like a vaccine. How do you make a vaccine? <laughs> I just thought, maybe I got some stuff lighter in the house. I'm in lockdown. What else could I do? <laughs> There's a child on MySpace for some reason, and no one uses the website anymore, so he's just being ignored. And what you thought, I've got some eggs, a bit of a Marmite, and then you microwave. What There's was, not that what, many things that could go in. What would you if you if you had uh, ten minutes to make a vaccine that you think could kill coronavirus? What would you go for with household appliances? Well, the thing is, I know how to kill coronavirus. I just don't know how to keep the person alive while I kill it. How do you kill it? You kill the person. <laughs> That's your vaccine. So I'm just saying. <laughs> your vaccine was mass suicide. I could, if you said, I have COVID, can you kill my COVID? I'd say yes, but you also <laughs> will die in the process. So it's not, I do have medical ideas. They're could, you, just, could you not get COVID from me whilst killing me? I'd do it from far. I'd shoot you from far away. You'd wear gloves. Yes. Well. <laughs> definitely and a mask. And a, well, a mask, definitely. I want to be COVID safe while I kill COVID. Throttle me, but turn away with your mask whilst doing it wearing your brown leather gloves yeah i just listen i still have medical knowledge i I have the medical knowledge of how to get rid of covid i just don't have extensive enough medical knowledge to keep you alive while i do it yeah so it's a start (laughs) that was my vaccine beginning my vaccine beginning was what have you killed everyone that had covid would that work and i realized no so then i moved on to like what else would work and then by the time my vaccine was getting into development pfizer and moderna and astrazeneca they'd already figured it out they jumped on your wave yeah they they <laughs> they got in there a bit quicker than me but if i had another couple of years yeah, we don't yeah, know what yeah. i would have came up well, with you were doing it before it was cool weren't you yes it's lucky you're not a doctor. Someone says, I got a headache. You go, Here's a gun. Shoot yourself. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would get rid of the headache, though. Technically, I want my headache to stop. Well, if you weren't alive, you wouldn't have a headache. That would be my medical answer to everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There'd be a podcast made about you, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. A doctor with a 100% success rate. <laughs> Why are we judging all of medicine with whether or not the patient lives? Um, because that's the point of medicine. That's why it's medicine to make you better. Yes. I am more, <laughs> I want to win at all costs. You have cancer. I want to get rid of your cancer. Well, what if I cut off all the limbs that have cancer in it? Now you're just a head, but your head doesn't have cancer. Solved it. Well, we uh, more from Dr. Bobby uh, <laughs> every week, actually, if you uh, have any medical advice needed. Yeah, if you're listening. Don't sue us or do any of what he says. Yeah, if you're listening, I would just like to say that my medical knowledge is limited, and this is not advice, it's just my thoughts. Yeah, he's not qualified. Oh, well, I am qualified you're in a You're a sense. less qualified doctor than I am a historian. 
I had a doctor when I was like 23 and I had been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and I really? went to him to get antidepressants and um, he was wearing, I didn't know him. I was just the nearest doctor to my house and he was wearing like a poker sweatshirt. Are you sure he was a doctor? <laughs> and when I walked into the room, he was playing poker on his computer. It's, I'm not sure this is a doctor, Bobby. Are you... Did he make you close your eyes and open your mouth? Hear me out. Then I said, yeah, I'd been told I have borderline personality disorder. I was wondering if I could get some antidepressants mm -hmm. just to, you know, try to limit the anxiety. And he said, Jesus Christ, people like you never get better. Fine. <laughs> but you were 23. It's such a damning thing. And he said he, he was said, right. But like, you know, <laughs> he was not right. I have improved. And he said, and he said, uh, just get a different doctor. What? And then he said, don't report me to the medical college. <laughs> and I just, okay, He's I could, poker. I could already tell this was an insane man yeah. who was able to write prescriptions. Yeah. So I just, I literally didn't call him up on it and just said, oh yeah. Okay. No worries. That's fine. Interesting. Um, and I got my prescription, which is all I needed. And uh, when I got home, I Googled him. Mm -hmm. And there was like um, kind of a trip advisor for doctors mm -hmm. yeah, website. Yeah, yeah, that I think yeah. it was like Web WebMD or something I found. And it was complaints about him that were insane. <laughs> One lady was like, I, bought, I brought my pregnant teenage daughter in to see him. And when he examined her, he said, Jesus Christ, and left the room. <laughs> and didn't come back. <laughs> he sounds brilliant <laughs> he was he was a debilitated gambling addict who hated being a doctor and had very limited medical knowledge and then like the fourth time i get to, went to get my prescription refilled i went to his offices and they were just boarded up and yeah, i course. never saw him again no, he's probably not uh not allowed around people anymore yeah, I don't know how medical licenses work, but I feel like he was about as qualified to have one as I am. Yeah, no, it sounds like your advice is slightly better. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> and left the room. Oh, God, that's great. So, Bobby, have you ever heard of Timothy the Tortoise? No. Okay, well, you're about to. Quite the colourful life Timothy had. Um, in 1892, 50-year-old Timothy was brought to Powderham Castle in England, where she lived until her death in 2004. So she lived to 165 years old and was uh, served in the Royal Navy. I hate turtles. Why? Is this a tortoise? They're the same thing, aren't they? Are they? I don't know. What's the difference? Um, I've got to remember my Mensa years. Um, one of them's bigger. Okay. I hate tortoises. Yeah, okay. Why? Because they live longer than us. 165 years. I don't like that. I like being the species that lives the longest. I don't like the idea that there's some other species out there where I'm going to get a pet tortoise, mm. and then I'm going to die, and my kids are still going to have this tortoise, mm. and the tortoise is going to look at me like I look at a fly. <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> so I kind of hate Timothy for existing. Huge life Timothy had. Um, one of the things is, because uh, I said she, Timothy was a girl. But they didn't know how to check the gender of tortoises back then, and everyone assumed it was a boy, and uh, it was called Timothy, and they tried to breed Timothy for years <laughs> until someone discovered, oh, no, wait, it's actually uh, a female, and we've been calling it Timothy the whole time. So even though you hate tortoises, bear in mind this, uh, this female tortoise spent 165 years being called Timothy. If that makes you feel better. What I like about tortoises is, yes, they live longer than me, but they have really tiny dicks. <laughs> so, haha, ha, you get to live 160, 165 years with your tiny dick. And everyone goes, it's a woman. Yeah. Timothy was uh, believed to have been born in the Mediterranean shores off Turkey and was found aboard a Portuguese privateer in 1854, aged around 10, by Captain John Guy Courtney Everett of the Royal Navy. Quite the name, that. The tortoise served as a mascot on a series of Navy vessels in, until 1892, uh, when she retired from uh, from the Navy. I don't think she retired. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, it's, that's how they put it here. She retired. To live out her life on dry land, taken by the Earl of Devon at his home, Powderham Castle. So she lived in the Rose Garden there, 
when I looked into her, there was a picture of uh, of Timothy, and she had a sign around her neck that said, "My name is Timothy. I'm very old. Please do not pick me up." <laughs> <laughs> so you can only imagine what had been going on. And so I think, in answer to your uh, your issue with turtles at the beginning, sometimes a long life isn't a good life because I don't. Think <laughs> A woman called Tim- Timothy who is just constantly picked up by weird strangers. I think Timothy would like you. Yeah. Yeah, because you're shaped like a tortoise. You How many the- is that this week? No, I'm not saying... I'm not, it's not. How really- many times have we, we done the shape, body shape? Have I mentioned your shape once on this podcast? Could say you look like a, a carrot. I'm fine with that. Or a... Thank you. A long cigarette. Because you're pale and red at the top. And you'd like to put me in your mouth, you fucking weirdo. (laughs) Feet first and then put all of it in and just suck it dry. I've never put a cigarette out on the tortoise. um, And you would have. You have no evidence. I love animals. You do like animals. I don't think it's nice to keep animals. I just don't get it. You go Because when people go, oh, my cat's gone missing. It hasn't gone missing. It's either been kicked by a car or it's run away from you. Yes, but there's no alternative at this point, Red. I have a dog. What am I going to do? Set it free and just the cavapoos roam? (laughs) They're not allowed to. You can't. There's. It's with a domesticated pet. There is no. The dog couldn't survive in the world. I don't know why we domesticate them. You know, they could be. Because they were great for hunting and what, companionship. Your cavapoo is great no, for hunting. No, but at some point, dogs were domesticated because but they were very useful. what's your dog for? My dog is for... For insecure people to feel needed. <laughs> it no. Was, it was bred for, for insecure people. My dog... I need a fluffy pillow that needs me. My dog is for loving me. Yes, exactly. I spent a couple thousand pounds, so I have something that always loves me. It's like a scientifically bred uh, mail-order bride. Someday, you're going to feel very lonely, and you're going to think, I wish I liked animals that I could buy love, but I don't, so I'm alone. (laughs) And I'll have my dog beside me. We'll both be divorced, but you'll be sadder. I'll have a tortoise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when you and die... I'll have a sign around its neck saying, Bobby, please don't put cigarettes out on me. I would not put cigarettes out on a tortoise. I know, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm saying that. It's not nice. But it does sound like, you know, he went and lived in the uh, lettuce garden, but that's quite a long... She lived through two world wars. She lived through the JFK assassination. She lived through what about being born. Live through... You think that was on her list? 9 Timothy, what have you seen? I've seen Red and Bobby. And, uh, like, Two World Wars or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. that's a, it's a, I just thought it was an interesting anecdote. It's weird, because you go, could this be a film? You go, no, it couldn't, because they're, like, quite boring animals. What would it be? <laughs> <laughs> it would just be loads of sailors doing horrible stuff for about ten minutes, and then just someone sat in a rose garden being misgendered for 130 years. <laughs> yeah, be a very problematic film. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'd be good. So I thought that was a nice bit of uh, info from the uh, 1892, the, re- the retiring of uh, Timothy, the tortoise. And I still don't know the difference between that and a turtle. You never will. No, I don't think I will. I should Google it after, but I can't be bothered. Do you got anything... I cover a lot more of the heavy stories, the interesting, in-depth stories, whereas you come up with your puff pieces <laughs> about fucking Tordoy. Yeah. So, I don't know if you know this, but in 1892, Waldemar Hufkin tested the first human vaccine against cholera. Okay. He was a Ukrainian biologist, and he risked his life by testing it on himself. Was this after Googling, or did he just uh, did he just go for it? This is the uh, this is the Ukrainian a hundred years ago. You, yeah, but it, for him, mm. he didn't have Google, but he asked the world, "How do you invent a vaccine?" And the idea popped into his head. He figured it out: a small amount of the virus, let your body get used to fighting it. So that's what he did. He invented a cholera vaccine. That's impressive, and it worked. It worked, yeah. but no one believed him. 
So there was anti-vaxxers back then. Yes. <laughs> Don't take my freedom, baby. Um, so what, why did no one believe him? Because it worked on him, and he's like, look, it works. And then France, Germany, and Russia were like, it doesn't work. So we went to India, and there was a lot of cholera in India, so we started vaccinating people there. I'm not being mean, but if you invented a vaccine, I don't think I'd try it. <laughs> <laughs> not because, but it's just something about he might have been... Yeah, and how do you vibe? You know? <laughs> yeah, at the time, it's not like it's big pharma where it's a corporation where you either distrust or trust. It's a wide-eyed guy with a pot. He's like, guys, I'm going to give you this, and then you can drink whatever shit water you want. You won't get cholera, and you're Fuck like, I don't know up. if I trust your lab. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your, your house slash lab. Yeah. Jeez, that's impressive, though. Why? See. He's probably famous to some people, but there's so many pointless famous people now. And then you go back in history and you're like, this is, you know, like the guy with the escalator. I've already forgotten his name, um, which I will because it's important. Jesse, Jesse W. Renault and um, and our man in the Ukraine, Wadlamir Hufkin. Why did you just do that? I tried to say his name, Bobby. You try. Waldemir Hufkin? Waldemir Hufkin, yeah. So that's where we got it right. No, I just want to... People need to know about these people because they're important. Okay? They're the real heroes They of are history. the real heroes. I think, if anything, that's what we're trying to do, is shed light mm. upon forgotten parts of history. Yes, and hopefully make money at some point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will start a Patreon once. Yes, once we've spread the word of Waldemir Hufkin... Yes. Yes. He must have gotten his name said wrong lots of times back then. It would have been difficult for him. Imagine that, though, knowing you've got the vaccine and just knowing, you go, oh, drink it. And I don't think they drank it. I think they probably <laughs> ejected it. It wasn't like a juice. <laughs> go on. You think, that, wait, you think the vaccine for cholera was a drink? I think he was probably had it like he'd had it in an emptied out jam jar or something, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Yeah, because, uh, you know, but yeah, no, you probably would have faced much of the same issues you would have in terms of oh, this guy might have the thing, but I'm not sure. The thing with cholera is it killed millions of people. You know what cholera is caused by? Was it mosquitoes? No. <laughs> no. Dirty cholera water. is Chlor when human feces mm. gets into the water. So it's usually in under, like, poorer nations. Yeah. Feces gets into the water. Yeah. And then that. The bacteria in human feces, if you drink it, will give you cholera. Okay. So, the, you know, the modern water system, we have, have pretty much eliminated it f from the West. Nice. But it, it still does happen someplace. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And this man, he figured it out. And then, yeah, no one believed us. So we went to India. And then, you know, he saved people there. Yeah. He, uh, he also invented a vaccine for the bubonic plague. But I would say it was a bit late. Yeah, 1992. You're like, yeah. That's, uh, He's like, I've cracked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fixed the bubonic plague. And they're like, listen. It's like now going, I've charted a plot to a, plow, a pathway to America that the Titanic could have taken <laughs> and arrived very safely. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Yes, talk about closing the barn door when the horse has bolted the stable. What a metaphor, Red. Yeah. <laughs> I think the actually the invention in 1892 mm. that changed both of our lives the most mm -hmm. was that the Coca-Cola company was incorporated. No, really? Yeah. Coca-Cola on the market, baby. <laughs> I love Coca-Cola. And not just the drink. I love it as a brand. It just makes you feel It cool. makes you feel happy. You know, when it's Christmas, you see the truck. And you go, yep, it's there, time. There's so many haters. They say, oh, well, you know, it takes 10 glasses of water mm. to make one Coca-Cola. And I'm like, well, rather than drinking 10 glasses of water a day, I'll just drink one Coca-Cola. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. is my health plan. <laughs> and that's what I've yeah. been doing. Uh, yeah. And people go, it's cutting down all the rainforests. Never had a glass of rainforest on holiday and gone, hmm, have you, Bobby? No, just Coca-Cola. <laughs> exactly. So it's, that's, it's been around that long. I remember someone telling me that there was a Mexican version that came out before that they ripped off and it was called, um, uh, what is it, uh, Cola Coca. No, Red, you've misunderstood the story. Mexican Coke is when there's sugar. They have a different thing in Mexican Coke. 
a different kind of sugar that's tastes different. Yeah, I didn't actually because I Wikipedia'd it um, when we were thing, and that's that is the so thing. they ripped it off. They bought the they bought them out in the fifties years later. Yeah, I do actually avoid Coca Cola. Like I had a f- period in the summer where I was probably drinking like six or seven Coca-Colas a day. That's disgusting. (laughs) And I don't know if that's what they recommend. I haven't Mm. like read the packaging very well. No, I didn't. But I was drinking six to seven a day. And I thought just completely separate from that, I started constantly feeling like I was going to have a panic attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a few months. That's because you're having like a month's supply of sugar in one day. Yeah. So for a few months, every day I felt on the edge of panic. How are you not fat? I exercise a lot. No, you don't. You play golf once a week. <laughs> and that will stop when you've had the kid, by the way. You're not golfing anymore. I'm, uh, I'm actually going to design a golf ball proof baby push <laughs> pram with golf clubs. And you could sell it on the, uh, just sell it. And then in a hundred years when someone's got a podcast, probably similar idea to ours. They'll talk about Bobby Mayer for 10 minutes. No, who this invented podcast the baby... will still be going and our great-grandchildren yeah. will report back on our invention. Yes, no, that's a good idea. We should get a tortoise now and see if it can last 165 years of the year is podcast. I feel like, but if we just fed it what we eat? No, <laughs> it's better off with the sailors yeah. off the Turkish coast and the Mediterranean whatever they were up to i've done the thing you know when people say if you put your tooth in a cup of coke overnight it dissolves yeah i've done that before and it doesn't my tooth was still there maybe because i got strong teeth like a like an elephant's tusk yeah yeah but no i just didn't it didn't happen nothing happened you shouldn't spread that what because if you tell people your teeth are like Made of ivory, like an elephant's tusk. Oh God, yeah! Well, it'll be then, seven poaches. Poachers are going to come and rip your teeth tonight. out of your mouth. <laughs> I would keep that to myself. If I had ivory teeth, I wouldn't tell one person. One day you'll be sat next to a Chinese businessman on a flight, and you'll just see my teeth on a necklace around his wife's neck. <laughs> it's good luck. Yeah, it's very good luck. No, but that's uh, so. What do you just feel like you're going to have a heart attack? Would you not think? Oh, maybe. And also, how are you not sick? Like after I, I, I felt two, sick, like the, the, over the over the course of the f- few months, the coke started tasting grosser and grosser, and like that's your body going, please, please, stop. <laughs> we're dehydrated and tired. Please, your stop. organs just hearing the ch, and they're like, oh god, <laughs> like an abusive husband and opening the door to come home. <laughs> stop pumping this into us. <laughs> it's not good. I just started feeling very, very panicked, but I didn't know what was causing it. So I was like, I just drink a Coca-Cola and be like, I'm pretty anxious. I better have another Coca-Cola. Yeah. And then throughout the day, I'd get more and more anxious. And I, to the point where I was like Googling like new <laughs> medications to go on. I was like, I think I'm having like a, some kind of psychotic break yeah. from reality. And then, then the Coke just started tasting like less and less delicious. Yeah. Like, it would just taste like like my body was really trying to let me know, like, this is not good for you. Please give us water. Yeah. And whenever I was thirsty, I'd just drink Coke. And then one day, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm going to panic. The Coke can't be helping. So for that day, I didn't drink Coke. And my anxiety went completely within a day. I went from being on the verge of a panic attack whenever I was awake... <laughs> To feeling fine. And this is all while you're trying to find a vaccine. Is this or, or is this after? This was during. I was so still working Googled, on mine. You Googled. <laughs> Why do I feel like this whilst drinking eight Cokes a day? You didn't once whilst opening a Coke go. No. And you were the, the you were our only hope for the vaccine for a brief It turns out there was other hopes. <laughs> I was just a hope. The first hope. Yeah. But you turn out to be Anakin Skywalker. No, more just an inept Jedi. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. More like the guy in the new, you know, in the new Star Wars. What's I'm not the, seen the, the British Wars. guy's name? I've not seen new Star Wars. Well, the guy, they make it seem like he's going to be a Jedi. And then he's not got the skills. And he's just never really like, a Jedi. You, you haven't got it, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out of it. <laughs> oh, well, that's... Um... That's a lesson for anyone who listens to the podcast. Uh, do not drink eight Cokes a day. It's a very uh, common mistake people make all the time, especially people under 10. Um, so, yeah, Bobby learned the hard way. 
I was a 35-year-old man at the time. Yeah. And I just decided every time I'm thirsty, I'll drink a Coke. Yeah. Water. Uh, there is a uh, vaccine for cholera, as we've already established. So drink water. There we yeah. go. Stay but hydrated and donate to Patreon. If you live Patreon. in an area where your tap water, mm. people are getting cholera from your tap water. Mm. Yeah. And there's also a heavy supply of Coca-Cola. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be. Then I would say don't listen to Red and drink Coca-Cola. Yeah. Or if you want to be healthy, every time you think about having a Coca-Cola, donate to our Patreon and have water instead, which will make us better and you better. We don't have a Patreon. We're going to get one. Yes. So they'll know. Yes. Anyway, 1892, another great thing happened. Um, so many so many new and interesting things were developed this year. The first Sherlock Holmes book was released in a magazine. So they had, uh, had stories from uh, the adventures of Sherlock Holmes in a magazine published in London. And even 100 years later, they're still making blockbusters about that one short story that was in a magazine with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Which imagine if in a hundred years they make a movie about our podcast and they probably cast the Downey Jr. and Jude Law of the time <laughs> to, to be in it. About all the wonderful adventures we got up to on here. <laughs> Episode 5, Bobby drinks eight Cokes and has a panic attack. <laughs> There's a woman murdered, but Detective Bobby Mayer has drank eight Cokes and had a panic attack. <laughs> so, so no one gets caught. <laughs> This is outrageous. Well, have you, why? I'm being bullied. You're not being bullied. You spend the whole episode, every episode, calling me fat, and you get a tiny little taste of your own medicine, <laughs> and you don't like it. If I was getting a taste of <laughs> my own medicine, Red, <laughs> yeah, it'd be good. it would be a vaccine, <laughs> and I would be vaccinated. <laughs> but since I never managed to invent a vaccine, yeah. I don't have any medicine. No, fair enough. Have you read much Sherlock Holmes? I find it all a bit boring. Ooh, okay. There's some guy named Moriarty, and there's yes. Watson. Watson and her, uh, yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Um, yeah, Watson's his sidekick. Who is a sidekick? Me. Who? You. No, you're my sidekick. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But no, so I, I, I loved it as a kid because I, when I was um, young, I used to go to Devon a lot and then I'd end up living there from the age of 10 to 18. And in Devon, uh, one of the books is set on Dartmoor uh, where I have lots of family who live there. It's, have you been to Dartmoor? Yeah. Yeah. So there's miles of nothing but more. And one of the books was called Hound of the Baskervilles, which is like based on ancient myths about this um, like giant hound that would walk around at night and like kill people. Like a dog. People. Yeah, but giant dog. And it would uh, like rip people's throats out and stuff. And the whole plot is that he um, he released... There was a rich man who was very embittered, and he'd release the dog at night, and it would run around and just eat people's throats. It was very scary. Especially if you're on the moor at night as a young boy with that wind that chills your bones. Would you read it well... On the morning. We'd stay, stay at my grandma's and like listen to it on story tape or like, you know, whatever on a long car journey. And the moors, you know, at night, it's like just you, one car. I don't know, in Canada, you probably got that in these sort of like rural areas where it's just nothing for miles. So you can see like a car light from like three miles away and you're just driving along. Ooh. That's the scary step part. I, I think about that a lot mm. when I see, like, a big dog in the park. If this dog goes for me, how am I going to yeah, stop it? Yeah, you're fucked. I always think that, yeah, when you see someone with a giant dog and they're like, I got cornered. These, my next neighbors, they, their kids um, come and stay sometime. They're grown-up kids. And they have this giant, giant dog that, you know, like you just go, whoa. And they leave it outside on a lead. And I used to do this walk past the house, and it would just corner me, just barking. And they just lean out the window and go, he's really friendly. It's like, I don't know. that. You know what I mean? Like, this is up to you. You decided to have this. How old were you? Oh, this is like four years ago. <laughs> it was massive. I thought you were telling me the story about why you're afraid of dogs no, when you were like no, a kid. No, 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 Four years ago, yeah. you were afraid of someone's dog. It's a giant dog. I don't know what. It must be a special super breed. It was massive. A super breed. A massive dog. I've only seen one like that, that size in my entire life. Um... So yeah, that was that was terrifying. But no, so this was always good for me. There's another Sherlock Holmes story where this guy hates uh, hates his wife, and so they sleep in separate rooms. And so to kill her, he um, 
he drills a hole through the wall and buys, a, buys an expensive uh, poisonous snake <laughs> and let, lets it go through the wall and then it bites her when she's, uh, when she's asleep and he gets all the money. Do you she, know what I'd do? What? Befriend the snake. She didn't know he had the snake. I don't think that... I, I call... He was already friends with the snake. I call bullshit on that storyline because I feel like just because I let a snake... Mm-hmm. Like, right now, if there was a snake in this room and I just sat still, I don't think the snake is necessarily going to come up and bite me. No, you'd probably bite the person who bought you from India or wherever you were, you know, which is the guy. Yeah, like, why would the snake just bite someone just because they're in the room together? Is that what... I feel like snakes maybe bite when they're cornered, but they're not eating. They're not eating you. They bite as a... Because that's their defense. Well, if you step on, I suppose. But so if it came through the hole, you'd try and make friends with it. Like, what would you say to the snake as it was coming towards you? I have a friend. Hello. I have a friend, and you're going to like how he tastes. <laughs> Just go through this hole, and he's in the other room. <laughs> I, I, so I, I befriend the snake and put him on to you. Okay, thanks a lot. But no, it's part of, like, in Dartmoor, there's loads of these myths. Like, there's the one of this crying woman who got pregnant. Uh, a local, like, baron got her pregnant. And um, she... He was married, and so apparently she commits suicide off this thing. It's called Lover's Leap. She jumped off it. And apparently at night, if you go there at a certain time, you can still hear her crying, which is pretty scary. It's probably just like the waves. No, because it's just nice. No, it's just her crying. Oh. Waves don't sound like... That's horrible. If you could haunt someone, what, where, where would you go? What would you haunt? I'd haunt your bathroom. <laughs> Why? While I'm taking a shit. Just whenever you're in there, I'd say, you're fucking disgusting. <laughs> what you're doing right now is awful. I can't believe this is what you're doing. And then I'd haunt your bedroom when you're ever... Anytime you're doing anything sexual, I'd say, is that all you got? Oh, what is... Is that really all you've got I wish right I, now? I wish I hadn't asked. I think I'd, I'd haunt a gym. I'd say like, oh, I'd put a t-shirt on if I were you. Oh, God. Well, I, yeah, it's actually making me want you not to die. That would be how I hoped. <laughs> Did you know that Sherlock Holmes had over 300 societies dedicated to him? Generally, the American members call themselves Sherlockians. Oh, my God. And the British members call themselves Holmesians. Was the losers already taken? Yeah. <laughs> we call them the losers. <laughs> That's so... What? So what is a society dedicated to... Sherlock Holmes. Fucking hell. Okay, this is a smaller story. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it wasn't small to the people it happened to. Yeah. In 1892, an anarchist bomb killed six people in a police station in Avenue de l'Opera in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anarchists. Yeah. Used all of the things from society <laughs> to build a bomb and then blow up the police. To stop society. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, that, isn't it? You go, what, what's what's the plan after this? What, we all just live in the woods? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like the idea of all of a bunch of anarchists meeting in a Starbucks being like, we really need to take all of this down. Yeah, it has to stop. And then they do it all, and then they go to get the tube home, and they're like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I live 15 miles from here. I guess I'll walk for six hours. <laughs> Let me try Uber. Oh, no, we just torched them. <laughs> yeah, it's what's the? It's a weird, it's quite an immature, sort of sad thing, isn't it? You don't hear much about anarchists anymore. You used to. I think it was like an 80s thing. Yeah. Okay, baby. And you're like, yeah, great, well done. And then you will vote. they all voted Tory. They <laughs> all voted Brexit in Tory 40 years later. I would love to meet someone that used to be an anarchist. Oh, if you look at all the 70s punks, what's their voting age now? You know, probably 60, 65. And what's the the amount that voted for Tories in the latest election over, over 60s? was like fucking 70% or something. Yeah. So everyone... With a nose ring and dyed blonde Mohican who is like, fuck the queen, baby, is now at home with some slippers on going, I don't think Jacob Rees-Mogg is actually that bad of a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's this sort of weird, like, dismantling everything without a plan afterwards. And it's just so boring. It's a student thing, I think. Yeah. Like, I love modern society. Mm. I love all the conveniences. Yeah. Please don't take those away from me. No, don't. I don't at all. <laughs> Escalators. Yes. Ubers. Coca-Cola. 
What else? Vaccines. There's, there's, there's loads to enjoy. Why do you want to stop it? Well, I'm glad they didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't get the chance because you know what? With anarchy, it's not very well organized. You know what's well organized? The system, and the system has an army, and they are organized. There's zero anarchy in their training camps. Very regimented. And hopefully, if you're listening, you're part of our army. Yeah, I think you are. The year is army. I'm not calling. We're not calling it that. Okay. Well, we're I'm not. We're not. We're not thinking of a name for our fans. We'll let them come up with it. Okay. If they want, listeners. I wouldn't call them fans. I'm not Mariah Carey. No one thinks you're Mariah Carey. <laughs> but if you enjoyed the episode, like, share, subscribe, give us five stars, whatever. Please get people to listen to this. Yeah, help us. Otherwise, it's just two very pathetic men sat in a badly painted room. One very pathetic man. <laughs> And one cool guy sat in a room painted by that pathetic man now calling it pathetic. (laughs) Thank you very much, guys. See you next week. That was another episode of The Year Is. Thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. It all helps. I'd like to thank our producer, Jody, And also I'd like to thank uh, Josh Weller for our intro music and song. It's uh, it's very catchy. It's very nice. I'm sure you will enjoy it at the beginning. So big thanks for Josh Weller. He's on Instagram at Josh Weller. Josh Weller. Follow him and uh, keep spreading the word of The Year Is. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. 